podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're thankful for the reasons it's the best part of the fall. The crossover of seasons, football and basketball. So grab yourself a pumpkin brew or beverage of your choice. All the best smelling wildcats are here with Bosco's voice. Oh, don't you know we're on a podcast with Bosco's voice? Thank you. Thank you very much. Giving. Boom. The boys are back and it's a Tuesday Q&A show. But as uh, said on Twitter, this is being recorded Sunday afternoon because, uh, you know, it was the beginning of the Jerome Tang era on Monday. I am hoping, I'm hoping it was a great game. I'm hoping it was a celebratory game uh, to kick off the Jerome Tang era. Uh, you know, otherwise, uh, there's it's not going to get any better this week. <laughs> I'm hoping vibes are a little bit better on this Tuesday morning as you are listening to it. We will touch on the first game of the Drum Tang era, I'm sure, during the live show that will happen Wednesday at 7 p.m. in God's time zone. And during the Thursday whip around, I will end that show talking predominantly about the men's basketball team. We'll touch on women's basketball and some volleyball as well on that Thursday whip around, remember we'll go live 7 p.m. on Wednesday. We'll 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 uh, we'll make sure that we're talking about Jerome Tang and the boys. But because I'm selfish and decided I wanted to go to the game in person, I'll also be checking out the end of the women's game. Uh, it takes a it'll take you know close to two hours to get there uh, from. Shawnee, Kansas, so I will not be able to make tip off of the women's game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna catch as much of it as I can. Uh, but we have a Tuesday Q and A episode. Um, I think just about every one of these came in uh, very shortly after the game. Um, so hey, you know that's the nature of the beast. Some of these uh, questions, um, but it's good. It's it's good to ask the questions. I will give answers to the questions and. As always, you guys can tell me I'm an idiot. You guys can tell me you disagree. Um, you know, I am no stranger to people telling me I'm absolutely wrong. I I went, you know, a trolling uh, upon trolling back in April, uh, some KU fans. And they're sure having fun with some of the, uh, one very specific tweet, ignoring some of the follow-ups to it. But hey. That's what being a sports fan on Twitter is all about. That's what having a platform is all about. It's not getting, uh, you know, mad and tweeting out, "Oh, woe is me," when uh, you get some negative attention. 
like some folks out there. I, I have come to uh, deal with it if, if people uh, disagree with me or if I get caught in a bad take. Uh, don't delete the tweets, you know. It is what it is. Um, it is what it is. So I, I'll answer these questions. And again, if, if, if you think I'm wrong, which there's a couple questions out there, I, I'm sure folks will say, Scott, you're an idiot. Um, if, that's, if that's how you feel, tweet at me, DM me. Uh, I think the show DMs and my personal DMs are open. So if you want to uh, have your opinion heard, just feel free to tweet at me. Before we get going, remember... Every time you're in Manhattan during the Jerome Tang era, if you get back in town for the K-State KU game Thanksgiving weekend or anytime you're following through the happiest city in the world, Manhattan, Kansas, check out Manhattan Brewing Company right there at the source. For the most fresh and delicious craft beer in the entire state of Kansas, go right to the source, Manhattan Brewing Company. Take a couple floor packs to go after you wrap up there, and then the next time you're at your local liquor store, talk to whoever's in charge of the craft beer selection and make sure you're getting Manhattan Brewing Company in your local craft beer section. All right, let's get into the questions. I'm going to start off, and I'm not going to use this person's name because they made a point to delete the tweet i'm i'm not going to uh i'm not going to put put it on put their name out there on blast or anything like that um because they deleted the tweet i imagine because they did it in the heat of the moment last night um but here's the thing he wasn't the only one who had something like this to say uh there's been some message boards posts there's multiple tweets about it um, so I'm just going to answer it, and I, I'm not going to say who it's from because, again, they deleted it. Um, they have the right to delete their tweet. That's fine. Hashtag Ask Bosco. If K-State misses out on the Big 12 championship game, is climbing on the chopping block. Now, anyone who listened to my episode from yesterday, they know how frustrated I was with the time management, the lack of urgency, um, specifically on the second to last drive of the game for K-State, but really that entire second half, truthfully, the, the entire second half. Because um, as we saw, it was coming down uh, to that final drive, um, and there, there, were, there were a handful of lost minutes. There's no reason that drive had to start uh, with as little time as it did. Uh, but I won't rehash that. If people want to hear uh, my detailed thoughts on that, and by detailed thoughts, I mean if you want to hear me frustrated uh, with the pace of play and the overall strategy surrounding time management, uh, go check out the game review episode. Um, but in no world... Is Chris Kleiman on the hot seat? First off, from just a practicality, you know, just from being truthful and honest, Chris Kleiman isn't. I, I, things will have to go very bad for multiple years in a row for Chris Kleiman to be on the hot seat with Gene Taylor. You know, I, I don't imagine 
Gene Taylor is going to be an AD until, you know, he's... I, I don't think he's going to be an AD to his deathbed. I can... Hell, maybe maybe I need to ask him the next time he's on. Um, but I don't imagine he's going to be an AD to his deathbed. Um, so I, I don't think he really is going to have too many football hires. You know, Jerome Tang and Chris Kleiman are his legacy hires here at K-State. He has continued the amazing building of facilities at Kansas State where there isn't a school our size, a public research university with the athletic department our size, with the amount of revenue our size that comes even close to the facilities we have. But it is going to be Chris Kleiman and Jerome Tang that Gene Taylor's legacy is about. He's not going to fire Chris Kleiman because, you know, we're in year eight and we haven't gone to the college football playoff or something like that. So he is definitely not going to get on the, be on the chopping block or he's not, he's definitely not going to be on the hot seat if we don't make it to Arlington. That was the goal. Now, it wasn't some stated goal. It wasn't It wasn't like Chris Kleiman is out here saying, oh, our ultimate goal is to make it to Arlington. No. He didn't say that. But it was, it was the fans' expectations. You know? It was what the fans desired. And this is his most talented team ever. And Chris Kleiman, in the two re- normal seasons, every year that goes by before, during, and after COVID... Uh, we, we've seen that the 2020 season is the anomaly for just about anyone who had a year that differed from the year before and the year after. 2020 is the anomaly. So if you look at the two normal seasons, Chris Kleiman has gone 8-5. and five. Chris Kleiman has gone 8-5 and five in the two games, or in the two seasons, regular type seasons. At K-State. And it would be a massive disappointment. God forbid we don't get to 8-5. and five. I don't think that's going to happen. But God forbid we don't get to 8-5. and five, Or we are at 8-5 and five and we don't have an improvement. We don't get to at least 9-4 and four after the bowl game. I will be legitimately disappointed with this season. I don't know if I'll... I, I don't know if I'd say angry... But I'd be sad. I'd be disappointed. Um, I'm going to be sad. I, I will 100% be legitimately sad if we don't make it to Arlington. I I, I will legitimately be sad if, if we don't make it to Arlington. But to say that Chris Kleiman should be on the hot seat, to say he should be on the chopping block, for folks to be saying, oh, we're never... Going to accomplish things under Chris Kleiman? That's asinine. Again, I'm sure some of it was heat of the moment frustration. I, I, I'm I sure. And that, that's part of the reason why I'm not saying who tweeted it in. under the Because they deleted it. It was just after the game they deleted the tweet. I'm not going to... Not going to put them on blast. But for anyone to truly believe that, even in the heat of the moment, I think it is pretty 
fucking asinine. To to basically say, nah, eight wins isn't good enough. And again, this is a team that was more than capable of, has the talent, and it was the expectation to get to Arlington 100%. But it's not like this is some super team. We weren't ranked until what? After we beat Oklahoma? We weren't ranked until week five? We were preseason picked fifth in the Big 12. And there were five teams that were picked to win the conference and we weren't one of them. You know, again, I'm not I'm not trying to say that expectations coming this season were unrealistic because they were 100% not. And we can still make it to Arlington. Now, Texas is seven-point favorites versus, Texas, or versus TCU, which tells me they won't be worse than a touchdown favorite rest of the way out, and we need them to lose a game. And we're currently five-point underdogs versus Baylor. I think that's a bad line. I think K-State's winning on Saturday. I do. I think K-State is winning on Saturday. Um, but, but that tells you... You're going to need an upset uh, to get there. But but it's not like, you know, you're having to thread some insane needle to make it happen. It, it still could, very well could be on the table. Before I move on, remember, if you want to look super sexy all fall, winter, spring, summer long, and officially licensed K-State gear, check out charliehustle.com. They also have a store on the Country Club Plaza, and their K-State collection is at select retailers in Manhattan, but it's the best-looking stuff. I recently bought a second crew neck sweatshirt because I like the crew necks. You know, nothing wrong with the hoodie, but I like my crew necks, and they have the most comfortable, most stylish crew necks, honestly, maybe in the entire world. You know, I, I I have a handful of their Kansas City Icon crew neck sweatshirts as well. So comfortable. Uh, basically, all winter long, you can catch me in Charlie Hustle crew neck sweatshirts. So, check them out and get yours today. I promise you'll thank me later. All right, let's get into the other questions submitted by you, the Boneheads. Um, here we are. Okay. Let's rock and roll. All right. Uh, Powercat Ryan, uh, we lost control of steering the wheel, uh, to Arlington. Do we go three and O from here on out and get some help along the way? Sure. Why not? Like, you know, both of them, I, 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 you know, it's going to take, it's going to take a lot of help. We're going to need help. Getting it done. Um, but I do think we're going to beat Baylor, folks. And I I think West Virginia is bad. And I don't think we're going to lose to KU at home. I, they are better. They are bowl eligible. And again, uh, a lot of folks loved uh, to bring up one of my very specific old tweets. Ignoring uh, my follow-up. To, but hey, again, that's what happens on the internet. Um, and I'm also saying it like... They're not right to do it. They they are 100% correct to do it. If I was in their shoes, I would be doing the exact same thing. 
Uh, so I, I hope I hope uh, I didn't come off any other way. They they one hundred percent have the right to, and honestly, good for them. Good for them getting to pull up all the old tweets. Good for KU fans. Most of them didn't watch a single football game until they were already three and zero this year, but that's all right. Um, so why not? Like, fuck it. It, it's going to take some upsets to get there, but sure, why not predict it? Again, there's no point in being a fan if you're going to be miserable. If you're like, oh, we're going to suck forever. Look, I, I think we can beat Baylor. I think we... I mean, hell, I, I'm predicting us to go 3-0 and to finish things out. I 100% am predicting us to go 3-0. and But I think Texas is the best team in the Big 12. I And I don't think it's close. Now... <laughs> They are more than capable of shooting themselves in the foot and playing bad games. Fuck, they should have lost to Iowa State. They did lose to Texas Tech. And they lost to an Oklahoma State team that was completely fluttering and running out of gas. So they're more than capable of losing any of their final three games. But I think they're going to be a touchdown or more favorite in all three of them. Um, and again, we're five point underdogs versus Baylor, so it's gonna have to take upsets to get there. But yeah, why not? I'll predict it. Or hell, maybe TCU uh, loses out down down the stretch. You know, they they have uh, they have Texas. I think they have Baylor. I don't know who their third game is. I mean, that would be kind of funny. Um, here we are, just thinking. All right, you know, uh, you know, we need Texas to lose. Uh, if we went out, but yeah, TCU has Texas, TCU has Baylor and Iowa state. Um, you know, maybe they lose out. (laughs) Maybe Iowa state helps us out. You know, they failed to get Texas. So they get TCU who knows. Um, but yeah, I, I predict it. I, I, we find a way into Arlington. Why not? No one should take that as betting advice, though. All right, uh, RJ Faust O. Um, is there any sort of hope that this won't be another good but not great season? I know it's still relatively early in the climbing era, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but this kind of loss is just a little too common for my liking. Um, look, um, I'm not... I'm not going to tell you again. I I'm frust- I'm very frustrated with that loss as well. Um, and and maybe this is a good, not great season. I, I'm not going to say that's not also a possibility. Um, I'm I'm not there yet. Again, that that is a tough loss. It, it is a tough loss. And again, all three of the losses we had. If you pull off any of them, if you win any of those games. Folks are looking at things differently. Um, but the, the way you phrase that question, like there's there's no hope. I mean, again, five-point underdogs going to Baylor. But I I think we win that game. I, I don't think Baylor is anything special. They, I believe, are probably going to end up being West Virginia's only uh, conference win. Um, you went out and then you are playing a bowl game as a nine and three team and you could get to 10 wins, finish the season in the top 25. Now, I don't know what you're, I mean, hell, if you finish the season 
10 and 3, you're probably finishing in the rankings in the top 20. Now, I don't know what you, what your threshold for great is. Um I I you know, I I don't know I don't I don't know your your threshold for that, but it, but if we go 10 and 3, even if it means we don't make it to Arlington, then I would I I would say that is a lot closer to great than being a sourpuss about it. and I'm not saying you're being a sourpuss but uh j- just this kind of defeatist thing like again we still have three games left in the season we still have 25 percent left of the season to go and uh a bowl game like saying that implying that there's no hope asking is there any sort of hope for a you know a you know better than good not great season I mean I don't know man I don't know. Yes, you you now are not in the driver's seat to get to Arlington. You're going to need some help. Um, but I'm not there yet. I, I think this still could be a something that we consider a great season. Next one is from Powercat Ryan. Can you start Will after that game and say, prepping uh, the program for the future, or do you have to stay with Adrian? Um, so there, there's two prongs. There are two prongs to this. First off, um, if you listen to Will Howard, uh, his full midweek press availability, um, on EMA online's YouTube page, you can fully see that kid does not want, want to burn his red shirt. You like, I, it's impossible to listen to that and get the vibes that Will Howard wants to burn his red shirt. I think if if asked to do so, if asked to do so, he would for the team. But if you listen to that, and he's asked a couple times in a couple different ways about uh, you know, what his thoughts would be burning the red shirt and playing more this season. He's like, oh, you know, it's something that I, I'd need to talk about with Coach Kleiman and Coach Coach Klein, all this type of stuff. So that is a kid who doesn't want to burn his eligibility, especially probably this late in the season, playing only a handful of games. Now, again, I do believe he will do it if asked. I don't think he is going to res- refuse to play like we saw a handful of kids in Iowa- in Bill Snyder's final game. Or final game. Uh, you know, the, the game versus Iowa State where you had true freshmen who said they do not want to tra- or travel and play in that game because that that's where things were at the end of the Bill Snyder. That, that's not what Will Howard would do. But you have a kid who doesn't want to burn his red shirt. And Adrian Martinez played very well versus Iowa State. Will Howard, I do not believe, and people can argue with me. Again, I'm... If you if folks want to have the conversation, the argument, if they want to say I'm wrong, I am always open to it. I'll argue it. I will argue it. Don't worry. You know, I'll argue back. But Adrian Martinez played a very good game versus a very good Texas team. Adrian Martinez had 329 yards. And two touchdowns passing. 
52 yards and another touchdown running the ball. You know, he, he had 380 yards of offense with three touchdowns. I don't understand how anyone could come away from that game and say, we made the wrong decision starting Adrian Martinez. So I I don't understand the point of view of saying, hey, let's make a kid do something he doesn't want to do. Will Howard does not want to burn his red shirt. It's not a Chris Klein. I'm firmly of the belief after seeing that press availability that Will Howard had, and even going back and revisiting you know, some of the context clues that Chris Kleiman has said throughout the season, I truly believe it has been Will Howard's decision that he wants to try to redshirt this season. Chris Kleiman is trying to give him that option. But if Adrian Martinez would have came out and, and just shit the bed versus Texas, I think you would have seen Will Howard in that game. I, I truly believe that. So I just, I don't see the argument. I don't see the the reasoning why you would do that. I firmly believe Adrian Martinez is better. And you still have a 10-win season on the books that you can, if you win out, uh, that, that you have a shot at. If you win out, probably a top 15 ranking if you win out. If you win out, you still have a shot to get to Arlington. So why... Would you start playing for the future, preparing for the future? And then uh, Nick Main, KSU, replied to that. I don't see the point in redshirting him because he is a senior next year. And then after, we have Avery after redshirt ready to go. So a little Nick Main, KSU, a little uh, chopped up sentence. But here's the thing. For K-State, I agree. But again, if you listen to Will Howard's availability when asked that question. That seems like something that he wants. That's something that he wants. So again, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying, "Hey, Will Howard's better, but we're trying to be loyal to him, so we're so we're not going to burn his red shirt." Because I don't think that's what's happening. I legitimately think and people can argue with me and there are people who will argue with me. There are some people who think that what I'm about to say is an asinine statement. Adrian Martinez is a better quarterback than Will Howard. Adrian Martinez has played better this year than Will Howard. And again, people, there are going to be some people who adamantly disagree with that. That's fine. That's fine. But th- that's my opinion. So I, I, I do not consider starting Will to be a viable option for any reason, let alone kind of saying, eh, we're prepping the program for the future. I, I, I'm nowhere near that level. But I, I, I appreciate the question from Power, Powercat Ryan. Um, he's one of the best and most loyal boneheads who ask questions. Uh, and he might have that opinion. That's, that's also completely fine. I welcome any sort of conversation. If anyone wants to talk, Will Howard versus Adrian Martinez, 100% open. Uh, sign of the DMs, tweet at me. We'll have that conversation if you want. Kale05 asks, 
That game sucked, but I'm going to keep things light. Does anyone want this Baylor W more than Klein? Then he does hashtag 10-year revenge. Um, I'm sure, you know, Colin Klein really wants that, but I don't think there's anyone, I don't think there's anyone in that locker room who doesn't want this game more than anything in the world. I mean, I don't think there is anybody who wants that more than anyone else. If you listen to what the players and coaches say, um, they are all marching hand in hand, um, going all out for every single game. So I, I don't think Colin Klein wants it more than anyone. And then on the idea of 10-year revenge, all this type of stuff, look, <laughs> until we can grab a shot at a national title out of Baylor football's hands, um, there is no revenge. <laughs> Beating them, you know, in, in, in a matchup of six and three teams isn't going to get us any revenge. So um, that's not really what's on my mind, but but I get it. Ten-year anniversary, I get it. Uh, Scrappy Claws, am I wrong for wanting us as a fan base to pump the brakes on demanding Will starting over Adrian? It seems most have turned on him after today's loss. Look, I'm actually surprised there wasn't more. I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I would be surprised. I, I was surprised I didn't see more of that on Twitter, on message boards. There, there is. It's out there. It's out there. There are some folks who are really adamant about it as well. It's out there. Um, but I'm surprised there aren't more. And I and I said in the last question, I'm definitely not there. There's no part of me that thinks the correct move is starting Will Howard if you're trying to win win out. No, no part of me thinks that is the correct move. Old Man Rogers, will Kasich's Big 12 championship uh, chances this year come down to the Sunflower Showdown? It very well could. It very well could. Um, again, we have to win out. The next loss... Um, that's, that's when I will, to kind of, to the, the, one of the first questions, that's when I'll say, okay, there is no possibility for great this season. Um, it can still be the best season of Chris Kleiman's career. Um, but the next loss takes you out of Arlington, takes you away from any shot at 10 wins. Um, so until that final week, we are going to have a shot at getting there. Now, here, here's, you know, how it all lays out. You know, you have Texas versus TCU this upcoming Saturday. Even if, say Texas wins, then all of a sudden TCU has to play Baylor. What if Baylor wins that? Then all of a sudden, not only do you have, you know, Texas versus Baylor at the end of, on Black Friday. So that'll be going on while uh, the U.S. men's national team's playing England. I'll be more focused on that soccer game. Uh, truthfully, I'll be more f- focused on that soccer game than that uh, that football game. But, you know, you're giving yourself a second shot at getting in, in it if uh, TCU does lose to Texas. But then all of a sudden you're needing – you become the world's biggest Baylor fans. If Once we beat them, if we beat them on Saturday, we become Baylor's biggest fans. We're like, hey, Baylor – how about, you know, we're, we'll win out now and you guys can win out afterwards, you know? 
that that's the vibes that will be happening uh, if we win in Waco. All of a sudden, hey, be super nice to them. Uh, you know, if you're up big in the second half and they get the targeting penalty, just be like, no, 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 no. We we don't want that penalty. We want him to be able to play in that uh, you know first half versus TCU. Uh, so th- there there's a couple different scenarios. If we win out, if we are playing, if we beat Baylor, if we beat West Virginia, we're going into that game versus KU with a, or that weekend with still a shot to make it to Arlington. Like sign me up. Like I, I'll I'll take that right now. I'll take that right now. Um, we got a handful of questions left. Um. Tristan Winkle, I love climbing, but what in the flying F was the deal with the potential game-winning drive? Had two timeouts and never used them. It's obvious Adrian Martinez needed some time to breathe a bit. I'm not nearly as upset about the timeout usage on that final drive as I was of the timeout usage on Texas's final drive, not calling a timeout. Uh... After that third stop, that was egregious. That was that was the worst decision Chris Kleiman made the entire game. The worst decision Chris Kleiman made in that entire game was not calling the timeout after we got the third down stop. That was the worst decision he made. I I understood why he was trying to save both timeouts. You know, we we had gotten two the 50, we're about at midfield. You wanted those timeouts so you could still use the middle of the field. Because once you once we were getting to that point, you were in a situation where it basically was getting to the point where it had to be out of bounds, a touchdown, or an incomplete pass if you didn't have any timeouts. So I'm not overly upset with the play call and time and not no timeouts used on the offensive possession i am still livid about not calling the timeout after the third down stop after kobe savage made the play of the game and i'll probably never not be mad about that and i'm mad about the pace in which the second to last drive the final drive i i'm not overly mad about not using any timeouts Final two, uh, we're going to end with Callie Mike. This um, this uh, uh, Q&A, uh, we'll, we'll do this one first. Not trying to be sour grapes, but please rate the officiating of this game. I was mad with the officiating. Um, you know, I, I thought the defensive hold on Eli Huggins was absolute trash. I think the 15-yard penalty on Daniel Green for a late hit was pretty trash. Those 35 yards worth of penalties basically got it so they were going to be in field goal range, um, which made it a two-possession game. So that was very frustrating. Was not happy with that. I Not happy at all. Um, zero out of ten. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that... They could have called a pass interference uh, on Phillip Brooks's the fourth down play. Not overly mad about that. Um, the no call on the Deuce Vaughn face mask and then back-to-back, I, I believe it was that same drive, back-to-back false arts by KT Leviston. That was in the second half. Was that the first drive of the second half? I think so. Um, that was frustrating. 
you know, I think the targeting call was the right call with how they call targeting nowadays. Uh, you know, I... Yeah, I mean, it was frustrating. They, they don't ever call holding seemingly anymore. They don't call any sort of holding on wide receivers on screen plays or running plays. Uh, no, no holding on offensive tackles seemingly. This seems to be an every week type of thing. And it's not like we're getting called for a ton of holdings either. I think, again, I, I think uh, Gillum, Gilliam, Hayden, Gillum, uh, got called for a hold and a personal foul. Now, that was kind of wiped out because Deuce Vaughn had a big 17-yard play and then they uh, had a late hit on Ben Sennett, so that kind of all got canceled out. Um, It wasn't great officiating. uh, Some very frustrating calls, but it wasn't like... It wasn't bad enough that that I'm like, you know, breaking stuff over. You know, it, it... it wasn't great. There, there were some calls that I think of that you know made me mad, but nothing overly egregious. But it was, I mean, again, you, you didn't get any of the benefit of the doubt. You never got any of the benefit of the doubt uh, calls. And then the final one, with a contingent of the fan base expressing uh, discontent with Kleiman, are those folks missing the bigger picture when it comes to quality of recruiting, transfer portal utilization, and coaching staff? Now, first off, I think that this roster is infinitely more talented than probably any any team we've seen since the 2012 uh, team, which which is why there were such high hopes. Why there's going to be, and and I I count myself in this in this team, in this group. If we if we don't get to at least nine wins, I will be. I'm not going to call the season a failure, but I'm going to be fucking pissed. If we end this season 8-5, and five, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be sad. But I'm not... Di- like, I, I feel like there has to be some sort of middle road between where some fans are and being frustrated with an 8-5 and five type season. You know, being... Eight and five, and, and you throw out the COVID year, which hey, you can't. I know you can't do that. It's still out there. It is still, you know, in the record books. It is still on, you know, the media guides, all this type of stuff. But three seasons of eight and five, and you think to yourself, okay, are we ever going to get over the hump? Are we ever going to get better? But if you look at the quality of the staff, if you look at the consistent improvement. Almost every year when it comes to talent on the field. Now, next year, I think, will be a step back. I I don't see too much of an avenue where we can be improved next year. So, that will no longer be the case. But, I I just have a hard time feeling true dissatisfaction and like being like, nope, Kleiman's not the guy. Being so frustrated where, you know, again, some folks are talking about firing climbing, moving on from climbing, having to make these big structural changes. I just don't, I just don't get how people can be there. It is frustrating. I wanted desperately to get to Arlington. Hell, we still can. We still can. 
And I wanted a 10-win season, and we still can. I wanted to end the season in the top 25. We still can. I, I guess I I under, I would understand some of the frustration a little bit more if the season ends and we're 8-5. and five. And then people are starting to say some of this stuff. Again, I'm not going to agree with it then. I'm not going to agree with Kleiman should be on the hot seat. And oh, should we move on from Kleiman? And oh, are we ever going to do anything under Kleiman? I I will understand all of that and give it a little bit more credence. I'm not going to agree with it. But if if we end up 8-5 and five again, like I'll at least be able to say, Okay, I see your frustration. We seem to finish every year 8-5. and five. Uh, you know, no matter who's on the squad, you know, I, I will understand it. I will understand the frustration a little bit more than I currently understand it. Um, but the, the recruiting is improving every year. They're doing a very good job in the portal. I think you have a good staff as frustrated as I would be if we do end up eight and five or God forbid worse. Um, I still think things are going in the correct trajectory with Chris Kleiman. I still think he will win big multiple Big 12 titles at K-State before his time is done. A lot of you seemingly disagree. I shouldn't say a lot. There are some folks who adamantly disagree with that, which is fine. That is your opinion. I disagree with it. I do think after every loss, everyone is going to be Super frustrated. You know, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid leads the Chiefs to their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Patrick Mahomes is a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But after every regular season loss, people are pissed off at Andy. Even people are pissed off at Patrick Mahomes. That's just the nature of being a sports fan. So I do get it. I get it. I understand people are mad after that game, especially with all the hype, the biggest home game, you know, back-to-back weeks of being the biggest home game since 2012. I 100% understand and acknowledge why the frustration is there. I just am not at that point. And I do think sometimes fans in the moment miss the bigger picture. I, but I've been there. I still get there. In in the moment, I, I am still there. So I get it. In my heart of hearts, I am nothing but a K-State fan. I get it as well. But I do think, folks, after these losses, and I think they do. I was about to say they need to come back from the ledge. I asked for these questions minutes after the end of the game. I'm recording this less than 24 hours after the game. I think by Tuesday, by the time folks are listening to this, I think some folks on the extreme end of the spectrum, I doubt many of them are still there when this episode gets published. So I'm just going to end it there. Again, make sure to check out our great sponsor, Manhattan Brewing Company. Every time you're in Manhattan, go to the brewery, go to the tap room, get the freshest beer in the state of Kansas, take some four packs to go home with you and tell your local liquor store you want Manhattan Brewing Company in the craft beer section and check out Charlie Hustle 
Com. They have the officially licensed K-State Campus Collection. They have the Arrowhead Collection. They have all sorts of Kansas City landmarks and the Kansas City Heart Collection. Check them out on the plaza in select Manhattan retailers and charliehustle.com. That's all we have. We will be going live uh, Wednesday. As you guys are listening to this, we'll be going live tomorrow, 7 p.m. We are going to talk K-State football. We'll put a bow on this Texas game. We'll preview the Baylor game. And we're going to talk the beginning of the Jerome Tang era. Hopefully everyone is listening to this after celebrating win number one for Jerome Tang. So for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, my favorite co-host of all time. Sorry, Grant. For all the K-State fans everywhere, we love you guys and go Cats. Oh, don't you know, we're on a podcast with Bosco's boys, because I love you on heads. We're on a podcast with Bosco's boys, because I love you on heads, baby. Meet me at the cat. Sports Social Podcast Network.